Hey everybody, we're live. This is Toke Tunes and Talk. You're sitting here with Joe, and alongside me today is Wes. Hello, hello. Good we're to be here. We're sitting here, and we were just uh, talking about music conspiracy theories tonight. We've got kind of a list here for you. We're going to go through and talk about them, see where we're at on them. Yes. Most of them are probably bullshit, but no, they're we'll fun see. to talk about, you know? Conspiracy but theories some are the of best. Them, they might be real, man. You never know. Uh, well, the, the 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 fun conspiracy theory, or the overreaching one, is that all conspiracy theories are set up to discredit the real theories. Right, it's the red hair. A lot of them. So we'll see. But yeah, music ones are interesting. Uh, they, they have their own sub genre of uh conspiracy theory and i think they're a little more lighthearted. at least they tend to be more like mystery type things and a little less you know uh the illuminati and your life right. isn't real matrix stuff which we'll probably delve into too but right yeah, that, that maybe more in the modern music exactly uh, the illuminati is uh they're there they yeah, have to be somehow yeah well that's, the, that's part of the grammys or the illuminati of music there that's you go the old men the white old men controlling me all music but the, the one i remember as a kid for me um is and it was in every tabloids when tabloids were a thing uh cover was elvis is not dead how many Elvis sightings do you remember? Right. The Elvis sightings. Like, I saw Elvis on this highway. Right. I was driving with my wife. There was nobody else around, but I swear to God, it was Elvis exactly. Presley. Exactly. You know? It's just like aliens almost, really. That's what's right. funny. And I actually remember the most common one uh, was uh, uh, I saw Elvis at a Burger King in uh, Kalamazoo. Is what, for some right. reason it was a Burger it's, King, and some reason it was Kalamazoo. But maybe you can't. I mean, maybe he likes Burger King. <laughs> he would definitely. Everyone knows it. so. That's a gimme. That's kinda, yeah. You know, but I felt yeah. like that's a Burger King ad or that's, something. Well, maybe know? it's too obvious. You yeah. know, it's too high. Yeah. It can't yeah. be true. It's too obvious. It's too on the nose. I think it's just someone who looks like him. I mean, how many times have you seen someone's face who looks similar to someone else's face? Well, do you remember genetics? Uh, I can't. It, it was several years ago, but it's still kind of going around to. The, you know, people that haven't seen it yet will still kind of propagate it. But there was a picture of this guy who was homeless, uh, uh, who apparently died. It was his obituary picture. Okay. And he, they supposedly said it was actually Elvis, that he just, like, he wanted to get away huh. from all the fame. And, for, and so he just became this homeless guy because the picture that they showed, the guy looked remarkably like what you would think Elvis would look like. Like age progression like, Elvis. Right, you know, okay. as an old man who hmm. maybe hadn't taken care of himself all that well, you know, the latter part of his life. That's interesting. And it turned out to be bunk. But, I mean, at the same time, the dude had an uncanny resemblance to what you would think Elvis would look like at that right. age. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I would think something um, with a, a kind of singular figure or uh, this kind of idol worship uh, around music and... Uh, uh, the musicians in it that what you run into is is and it's similar to the JFK thing is just people don't want to believe somebody like that is gone. Um, True. You know, maybe True. maybe if they spent months in the hospital or there's this long thing, but you know, it's very uh, the Elvis is dead thing. You can connect to maybe um, a similar thing happened with Jim Morrison when he died, mm -hmm. and a similar thing happened with Kurt Cobain, mm -hmm. where there's there's conspiracies with both of those, and even Jimi Hendrix and some other things. You know, like Jimi Hendrix is at a gas station, and you know, <laughs> right, right, in Washington State still or something, and 
And so you see that a lot where maybe it's how just think people don't want their heroes to, to die. They don't think yeah. that they, they can go away. And it's so sudden mm-hmm. that you kind of cope with it. Maybe it's like a coping. Yeah. Mechanism. I remember the Kurt Cobain thing, man. I remember like I had friends that were like hardcore and in the like in Nirvana. Right. Oh and yeah. It was like, they were weeping. Like, you know, I'm sure his mom was weeping, you know, yeah. weeping over the whole thing. You know, it was insanely personal to a lot of people. Yeah, I think for a generation at least, uh, people had never gotten that connected or related that much to uh, an artist. And then at the same time, uh, the rug pulled out from underneath them and then, you yeah. know, had to kind of deal with the loss um, and them not being there. And so, yeah, there is, a, I think, an inherent thing in maybe just uh, humanity wants to fill in a gap, you know, they want to make a, you know, oh, well, this would be, and that's actually speaks to a lot of conspiracy theories is that Mm -hmm. when you're presented with a horrible reality, um, sometimes it's, it's nice to have a little escapism. And even though sometimes, you know, unfortunately conspiracy theories have gotten, you know, yeah, conspiracy theories is a coping mechanism kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and they've gotten kind of a, obviously a, a bad name or rap, uh, in more recent years because of the maybe uh, internet and the kind of rash of other things. But a lot more people have a platform to make shit up and, and have it known by a lot of people. Yeah. Know? Yeah. But I, I don't think it's necessarily as long as you can kind of uh, look at it from an objective point of view and not get too involved uh, in, in kind of, you know, convincing others that it's, mm. it, you know, what you believe they have to believe. I mean, because right, right. that is something that, I mean, come people, to your own conclusion. Yeah, exactly. People uh, take in different information and, and are shaped by that. And so, yeah, but with music, uh, uh, Elvis, I mean, was a, a larger than life figure, you know? I mean, he, he had so many number one would, hits. Would you agree he's um, probably the first superstar? I, w- I would think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I, world renowned, world known. I can't think of anybody else. Here's the interesting little tidbit about Elvis: never performed out of the United States. Interesting. Yep. He, you know, he was uh, handled uh, by the colonel. Um, so he had this guy who was his um, kind of manager, spin doctor. You know, kind mm-hmm. of. In, in, uh, you know, entertainer, uh, handler, and he was called the Colonel and the Colonel had, uh, some legal issues, Mm. which would prevent him from leaving the country, even Canada. And so as a result, (laughs) he would not, he would not allow Elvis to perform outside of it. Isn't that weird? Isn't it weird to think that Elvis didn't have to use it? Like I I hadn't considered him, you know, having a handler and even really knew that was a thing back in the day. But that almost makes me wonder now how much of Elvis was him and how much of him was a product that was conceived and made by his producer. Well, we could talk about that for a good little bit because here's the one thing and, and things were different, you know, times have changed, but. Uh, as much as they've changed, they've they've remained the same in a lot of industries. But the music industry back in the day, I mean, here's the thing. Elvis, um, the, the songs we know that Elvis sang and are popular, Elvis didn't write. Right. He didn't write the lyrics. He didn't write the music. And honestly... They, Did he choreographic now? Uh, like, you no, know, Elvis the pelvis? He, he probably, yeah, that's probably the most, actually saying that, it's probably the most control he had was over his dancing and, and somewhat his image. But beyond that, really musically, um, you know, he was fed things. I mean, that's how it worked. Kind of the Motown, the Nashville scene was they had tons of songs. And if you were a huge performer, you were going to get the best songs. And that still happens now. I mean, if you look Mm -hmm. at the biggest performers now, and it's weird, it'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, Coldplay 
uh, is singing this song that, um, oh, but this was written for uh, another band, you mm-hmm. know, or another performer. You know, mm-hmm. originally um, Britney Spears had an option to sing this. And you'll be like, what? And they'll be like, yeah, you know, that's how it happens is there's pretty much a group of 20 or 30 great songs cycling at any time. Mm-hmm. And those producers are struggling to find the perfect act for it. But back then, like you said, it was much more galvanized and there wasn't a mega star because of probably communication or more regional stars. Right. Yeah. Very limited. You know, you had what uh, a couple of radio stations, a couple of TV stations, you know, control of the media, three was much tighter. major networks essentially, yes, you know, for exactly. the entire United States, very limited, you know, uh, access to media, you know, newspapers don't make any noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, radio, yeah, I mean, very radio. Yeah. Uh, TV was a new medium. Um, and yeah, that, that was a huge thing, obviously, because and then the gamble down at the record store. You yeah. Know? I mean, um, he was on the, you know, the, uh, Ed Sullivan show, him mm-hmm. and the Beatles were, um, and those are two things that it's interesting. The Beatles came over here, you know, and had the whole British invasion. And that that's what, right. if you just think about that concept of British invasion back in those days, there wasn't a lot of cross cultural things. You know, the oh, British right. had their right. music. It was mm-hmm. in its bubble mm-hmm. and we had our own music. It was in its bubble. It's a big bubble, but there wasn't like, Oh yeah, you know, all the music from over here, we're going to listen well, to I here. I would be curious and, to know how much, uh, Motown, uh, toured, in in the uk if at all like i'm not aware um only the biggest acts and also like that's an interesting point you bring up so like we have the british invasion and we can't retaliate with our best guy man i know we We can't can't send elvis Elvis over over. i mean but they were influenced here's what's funny and i've I've seen a documentary recently on the british canon of of music in the early days is and it's fascinating from american point of view but the British had a bunch of Elvis knockoffs is what they had. They had really? Elvis clones because they couldn't get Elvis there. They had to have him somehow. They, they, had, guess, right? they had guys who, they had the bouffant greaseback hair. They had the swagger. The jumpsuit. And some of them, I mean, you. some of them looked like they were his brother or his cousin. I mean, they were so similar looking, really good looking guys. And mm-hmm. they just, they looked at the formula that was Elvis. And so it was fascinating to see the ripple effect he had that even though they couldn't, we couldn't export him physically, you know, they still heard it. His I mean, brand. Yeah. Yeah. And the Beatles were something. hugely influenced by uh, Elvis. Um, uh, but, you know, Elvis is weird. He's considered rock and roll, but rock and roll was so much uh, different back then. It yeah, was it much was, tamer. It was, uh, well, I know? think it was considered uh, what they call rockabilly. Well, that's what he would be now, 100%. Yeah. But rock and roll, you know, they used to call like rock, the idea of rocking was actually almost like a rioting type fighting thing. You would um, uh, There was a famous uh, guitarist called Link Ray, and he had a song called Rumble. And that song was banned and um, Bill Hadley, uh, Rock Around the Clock. Mm-hmm. Those were considered like fighting songs. Like guys would show up at the hawk sop, sock hop, you know, hop. I know it's a, it's wow, a little yeah. switch there. And, um, uh, and they'd have their, their friends would be there. And then their other, these other guys would show up. And, and if this song came on, it was almost like, uh, you know, a rumble song, like, Hey, look, we're going to fight. And so people, Shit. So it's like were, what you would play before a boxing match. Yeah. People were thing. afraid of it. Sadly. I mean, people were, it wasn't uh, the original jock jam. Yeah. Well, it got you, it got you, uh, you know, all roided up and right? got your testosterone got you going. To, got you ready to play, you know, so, ready to fight. um, and so those were, those are some things that were kind controversial early on too um as far as that and yeah in the 50s and 60s um 
you know, I would say at least the, 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 the biggest conspiracies were mainly around all the rock stars who were dying from drugs. Right. Um, uh, Jimi Hendrix, um, the 27 club. Exactly. Um, Jim Morrison. It's a um, very weird. I don't know if that would be more of a conspiracy or just like a very, very weird coincidence because yeah. I mean, you know, they're very unrelated. They're very, you know, very much at different times in history, but they and what is it they all but they all have well, a white lighter well, there was a, yeah there's a white lighter that's, connection that's in common. i mean there's a little pockety of it i would say the most recent um being kurt cobain does space it out some but mm-hmm. there's actually more of a hot spot in the 60s but you know there's a lot of drug use and so like you said that's very true is it correlative yeah. is it coincidental you know you don't right. know if it's uh, i mean it makes sense if there's a lot of drug use in, in that regard but yeah Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison. Those are all the J's too, too, which is weird too. Right. Jimmy, uh, uh, Jim and uh, Jane. Was it Janice? Janice. Yes. Um, And so, uh, but yeah, the 27 club is an interesting idea that when people are 27 years old, they die or commit suicide or something. Yeah. Uh, So if you're going to go into music and get big, just make sure you do it after 27 years of age. You're usually pretty good after there. Yeah, exactly. Well, there's this whole thing of, uh, uh, you know, burnout or uh, fade away. And most people want to would rather burn out uh, than uh, fade away. They'd rather be a, a bright flash than live fast, old die man. hard, man. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Live fast, die young type concept. And the whole idea that just, um, uh, you know, uh, they're too bright for this world. I think even Jeff Buckley, I think, might fall into that because um, Jeff Buckley was one who he died under uh, suspicious circumstances, um, while he was swimming in uh, a river in Memphis and he drowned. And, uh, that was kind of one of those things that took people, shocked people. And then Elliot, yeah, that sounds like a country <clears throat> song all its own. Yeah. Elliot Smith, um, was another one too. Um, and a lot of these guys, when they died, they had material they got released after and it felt really prophetic, you know, like people mm. were like the lyrics in it are like saying what happened to them. Like how, you know, how could they know this? Oh, uh, then they, yeah, there's another conspiracy right there. It's like, did they know that they were going to die and they were trying to maybe either save themselves or maybe, you know, bring the justice somebody, you know, if it was somebody else that they knew it was going to do it. There's or... actually, there's actually a couple different conspiracy theories that are based around, um, uh, albums and, uh, what they said in the album. Uh, there's actually in Super Tramp's uh, album, uh, Breakfast in America, there's a concept, you know, and this is in 1979, Super Tramp came out with it, but there's a concept that they predicted 9 11. Really? Yeah. So they have this, uh, the album uh, on it, it depicts the New York City skyline as seen from an airplane, right? So mm-hmm. as, you're, as you're flying in a plane, and it's kind of like a, a play because there's a, a waitress or stewardess, I should say, in the um, uh, thing. And it looks like she kind of looks like the Statue of Liberty. Well, what ends up happening is it looks like because of how it's blocking out the letters and everything, that looks like 9-11. And so it's actually kind of the album cover, you know. And mm-hmm. so um, and then there's even more uh, evidence is that. Um, it's just essentially it's like there's a plane and then you can see the skyline. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a little bit of like conspiracy in that. And of course, 9-11 is just a, 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 a magnet for conspiracies in general. Yeah, right. Right. Um, you know, there's a whole um, idea now. And, you know, depending on your side or your, your point of view is that either A, you, you see things as they as they happen or B, you're now immediately skeptical of things, you know, um, the second after they happen. Right. You know? Right. And so, um, there's a whole concept behind the, the idea of, uh, 
you know, are, are you denying the event? Um, are you just well, trying to be open too. to it? Right. Yeah. It's like, why is this, uh, there's this attitude definitely of like, if you don't believe kind of to the letter, this, uh, story that has been kind of fed to us, then you, uh, then, then you're absolutely against all of it and you're a horrible person on top of that. It's this weird kind of like, you can't just go, well, okay, well, there are some actual things in there that like, I would just like to, I'm not questioning, but I would just maybe like to have a little bit more information on, Exactly. you know, like for one thing I don't understand is building seven, you know, Mm -hmm. world trade center seven was not hit by a plane yet. It collapsed. Yep. Like, th- what is it? Three steel frame buildings collapsed that day. There's only been three steel frame buildings that have ever collapsed in the history of steel frame buildings, and it's those, and it all happened on that one day. But with airplanes, like, there have been airplane strikes before. Right. They yeah. Didn't come in. Even the uh, uh, Empire State Building was hit by a, a rather, I don't want to say a B-52, but it was a, it was a big plane. And uh, it was like during like a, a, a fog storm or something where like it was just a, an unfortunate event that it wound up hitting right. it. It's still there. It right. didn't burn out. It didn't turn to powder. Right, right. You know, I'm sorry, like to turn like solid mass into powder that there's a lot of energy that has to come from somewhere. I don't know where. That's oh, kind yeah. of where I'm drawing the line. Like, I just, I see what happened. I know what it takes for that to happen, but I might not necessarily know exactly how it was accomplished because there's several ways that they could have done it. And, right. you know, with escalating levels of going, I don't know, you know, it's a little esoteric, but, you know, at this point you have to consider when has there ever been a building that has turned to, is this shaking? You can keep talking. I'm, I was hearing sounds. Oh, okay. You could have kept going. I wasn't trying to... So, you know, there's there's multiple ways for that to happen. Anywhere from, you know, I've heard them say, like, thermite. Uh, they packed the building with explosives because it very much does look in some ways like a controlled def- demolition. But also, I don't feel like even those means are powerful enough, really, to literally pulverize an entire building and just there's a lot of steel that from that building that just disappeared. Like right. it when the dust cleared, it just wasn't there. Like what happened to it? Here's here's my take is and I'm I'm for skepticism. I'm a pro skepticism person. But from my point of view, skepticism used to be oriented towards things that seemed illogical or far fetched. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird because if you were a skeptic, you used to be skeptical of things that were like that, maybe the paranormal, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, things that were people had no proof of that. There was just, you know, the, the, you know, you'd be like, yeah, OK, let's let's try to apply some real life things to it. And unfortunately, some skepticism now has turned into it. It doesn't look right. Skepticism is what I'm going to call it. And it's based around yeah. people see things that either A, are very rare, uncommon events, or people see things and they just don't have experience with them, or mm. they see things and they make some correlation to something else that isn't necessarily the same thing, mm. and they and conclusions are reached. And that's where 
that's that's kind of like the whole correlation doesn't equal causation yeah it's like it's like you know i can see something i could be like an ocean is a great example i like to use because it's a weird world out there you could be out there you see something weird you know you find a new fish or something weird happens i'm not really thinking i'm not thinking like oh that's a conspiracy like a corporation or you know the government put this down there i'm just thinking it's just something i haven't seen before and Mm -hmm. I, i i do believe there are situations where you know, uh, there's forces, you know, I believe that, the, you know, there's, you know, wealthy people and there's a ruling class. And, and I, I do have some concept. I'm not like, you know, one of these people that everything's perfect and everything they tell us is true. But I'm also to the point of like, sometimes when it's like the, the it doesn't look right concept, it just, it falls a little short on me. It's just, it's skepticism of reality sometimes. And I don't know. I mean, it's it gets a little fantastical like to me just the idea of the terrorist alone in 9-11 all the things they had to do they took fucking uh, fl- uh, pilot lessons and, and 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 flight lessons they all the stuff they had to do um is already such like a, a moonshot as they say mm-hmm. you know it's such a one in a million like so many things had to happen right mm-hmm. for that to happen mm-hmm. that it's already such a fantastical thing and right. i would say it's a reaction similar to like elvis dying it's like whoa this can well, happen no, you, to you, us. You, and brought, then, you brought up a good point, which is like, well, it's like you're you're literally in this situation questioning reality because these are literally unprecedented events. Right. We've never seen buildings just kind of disappear no, before. No one's know? ever no one's ever flew those planes in that. We've right. never had a terrorist situation like that. Everyone mm-hmm. thought they were going to land the planes. Literally, no one thought. No one. That's why we well, didn't the, scramble uh, from jets. What I understand, yeah, because like, there why was, didn't we shoot them out of the air? Then, right. think about it. Why didn't we shoot them out of the and, air? Well, we knew the, they the were fact hijacked. That, that what was it? Most of the military was engaged in in literally a war game over Canada. So right. like, they were way off, kind of doing their own thing. That was actually a similar kind of like planes flying into buildings kind of thing. And there's such a focus on just the buildings, but they landed one in the Pentagon, and there's a whole conspiracy behind right. the Pentagon. Is it a plane? One. Or was it they, a missile? Um, well, I mean. There's a plane as far as the uh, the video from it. I mean, there's video there too, and you know the plane actually going in. I know the debris uh, is well. You is get less three frames of video, so you know I mean, there's a, there's yeah. there's videos from other uh, uh, things, just like the not just like the um, towers. And then mm-hmm. there was one that was going to go into the White House, but it got taken down. You know. Uh, by the passengers right. in a kind of a, a revolt type thing, and so to me, it's it's weird. It's just it's just strange to me. Uh, the circumstances were so outside of what we expected mm-hmm. that I think, and it took everyone so off guard that I think, and it was a lot of big things at once. Like you know, yeah. we had the the one in New York that were like, oh, it was an accident, and then right. all, all of a sudden, oh no, there's another one. Okay, now right. it's intentional, the plane hits. Yep. and then we hear about you know, there's a couple more hijacked in the air, and then we hear about the Pentagon, and then we hear about the one over what was it pennsylvania and then you realize wow this wasn't just a one-off random thing and then and then days later you're finding out oh yeah they 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 came over here a year or two ago they've been living in florida they've been taking flight lessons Mm -hmm. you're just like whoa this was really well thought out and meticulous and to a point that how broken was first of all our our tsa our transportation security you know, well, um, one thing uh, that you just kind of brought up that that's kind of interesting for, for me is that, OK, how did they have this whole entire complete story about this like a week later? Almost like they like they knew. Well, they were when they were reporting it that morning, they were already talking about like terrorists from the Middle East. 
Like I mean, that well, warning. I mean, I think I think it was obvious. Which almost kind of tells now. me, like, you know, how much of this has already been written and they're just see. Kind of I don't. It. That gets further to me than yeah, that. It's that, that there's gets... a script that's sent down. No, that just is that. That's too big of a. Uh, see, the problem with uh, there's a con, there's a theory on conspiracy theories that as more people are added, the chances of it being exposed are raised exponentially. And so we could we could double over into the flat well, see, earth concept. There, there's here. literally one thing that completely completely debunks that whole thing, and that's the Manhattan Project. See, but that isn't a conspiracy theory. That, but that's but, a real but thing at that the same happened. time, it's a very very secret thing that involved a lot of people that was that remained completely si- or secret because I mean the 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 Japanese didn't know about it until we dropped the bomb on them. Right. I would see. I would. I would probably say that more. There was probably more people that knew about it. But yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't know if I can really you know, say to that. the point to where they literally had you know secret like towns that were constructed that had like fences around them that had very much like controlled ent- entrance and ex- uh, exit and everything. And I mean, if if you're gonna point to a to a, a government thing proving conspiracy theories, I don't know if that's the right thing to point to. I guess. Well, I would no, I'm say. just saying. That, but what do you that, see what, what I'm saying well, no, though? What, I'm, what my point with that was is that it proves that just because there's a lot of people involved in something doesn't mean it can't be kept secret. Um, but no, well, what? yeah, but see, and you're using generalizations here. No, this is an actual theory that says exponentially as people are added, the likelihood of it is raised, which is just, it, it uses common knowledge. And it's not saying that just because one time, one project we, we think people didn't know about. This is more saying that the likelihood of it is is reduced and it's a theory as well it's not you know it's a concept of you know the more people know about something the more likely someone's going to leak it like think mm-hmm. about flat earth that every scientist existing right now is lying about you know the, right they're the, all in cahoots the, the earth being a globe well wouldn't it just i mean scientists don't make shit for money i mean wouldn't that just be uh, if you had proof and you could come out with it as a scientist, wouldn't you do a cash grab? There's got to be one. Oh, of, wow. If you think about how many you would people, be the man. Yeah. how many people are in science, and then what is it when you graduate to a certain level of science? They say, okay, here's the truth. The Earth's really flat. Right. And then are you going to believe it or not believe it? Or are you going to go right. with us it's or not? It's almost like the Masons hitting that 33rd degree. Yeah, it's like it's that's like when you learn the about Illuminati. all the conspiracy. Right, you know, yeah. They revealed, the curtains revealed. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, it's weird to me because the uh, again uh, and i think we can agree upon this that a lot of the the you know more real world uh scary uh conspiracy theories are based around the government mm-hmm. and it's just the general concept that the government has more control than we we might ha- should have led right them. a lot of control and a lot of power and that like, they they do things obviously with military them. that we know about that are secretive, but then mm-hmm. there's uh, if, if the prevailing concept of what you what the, what they've told you is only a fraction of what they actually do, right. then you can assume a lot more is going on behind closed doors, and that is unsettling to people. And I think the not knowing and just having to trust these unseen forces mm-hmm. is is it, it's tough to let go. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 uh, it puts a lot of faith, if you will, in. Um, you know, a higher power and that higher power might not be for good right? You know, or might be not be for your own interest. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of that with the um, concept of uh, kind of classes and um, creating a lot of uh, what I believe is the whole uh, illusion of choice concept where um, um, a lot of times the lower class and middle class are really 
you know, financially virtually the same, but they're treated like they're different. And then they're pointed at each other while really the upper, upper class are Mm -hmm. just looking over it, kind of laughing uh, the whole way. And like you said about manipulation on papers, like that's a real thing. You know, the, the agenda that go through newspapers that go through news channels that um, uh, go through internet news sites, you know, all the major Mm -hmm. uh, media is controlled by, uh, you know, corporate entities and they have a certain um, interest uh, uh, to direct news in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you, you have to really uh, take everything with a grain of salt. You have to filter through it. You have to figure out what's real, but nowadays um, it's not what people, um, uh, you know, have been told is true or even what people think is true. It's more, uh, everything's come down to belief. Sadly, it has. And what one thing I was just realizing as you were saying that is that uh, number one, like, thank God we have a uh, uh, an outlet nowadays to where like we don't have to rely on the big three, you know, like networks. You know, we True. can kind of go and strike out on our own. And like, there's a lot of very much first person sources nowadays that we can go and look up and, and find if we want to find them. You know, that's true. Because um, you know, think thinking this goes all the way back. You know, it, it, I'm sure it goes back farther. But a good example is with William Randolph Hearst and you know, cotton versus marijuana kind of thing. Right. You know he's peddling cotton and putting down marijuana. But at the time, you know, they didn't have an iPhone where they could Google and be like, Oh, well, it's actually really not that bad. And, yeah. You know, so limited. Yeah, right. exactly. You There's know, stranglehold on, on, uh, the content and the narrative that was put out at the time. Very much. And yeah. That was a time when tabloids first came out too. Uh, they're called yellow papers and it was considered essentially, um, I hadn't heard the yellow papers. Yeah. That's they were, they were smearing each other cause it was, it was actually printed on a lower quality paper. Ah, gotcha. And so it looked yellow. Um, and what would happen is like Hearst uh, was a political guy. They were all, you know, the guys who were the richest guys were all involved in politics because mm-hmm. that's how it is. Um, uh, the rich kind of rule. Um, and uh, p- politicians are pretty much part of that Got party. Yeah, easy way to maintain your power and your wealth. Exactly, is to make the laws so they'll benefit you. Mm-hmm. And um, Hearst was, uh, you know, he'd, he'd use his uh, newspaper to smear his uh, opponents. And so he would actually uh, run negative uh, headlines. And so that's where it kind of became the first tabloid news was that they would uh, run uh, things, you know, like, you know, my opponents, you know, breath stinks or whatever. You I know, know I'm and really then, glad that Bezos himself personally isn't like, you know, in any kind of political thing because, uh, you know, he's got the Washington Post. Oh, now, yeah. You know, yeah. Can just kind of. Well, no, all those guys. I mean, that's the thing is everything has an agenda. And I know they like to say it's funny. People like to say the media is liberal, which I think is somewhat ironic because um, honestly, the people who own the, the uh, uh, media, you know, corporations and companies, um, there's, they're uber rich and there's just they tend a, to be very conservative. There's, there's, there tends to be a thing that a, as you get older and B, as you get richer, you get more conservative, mm-hmm. much more tighter on your finances. And that's what your interests are involved in. And you, you know, you're, uh, you know, there's philanthropists around. I mean, uh, Gates is a great example of someone who he, he's pretty open and all those guys do philanthropy, but there was something I, I read recently where it was like, if Jeff Bezos right now gave, um, all of his employees, every single Amazon employee, one hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. He'd have the exact same amount of money he had six months ago. Jesus Christ! Yeah, Amazon stock has gone through the roof. Yeah, and he he is um, right now. I mean, he's like you know the the most wealthy man in the world. But mm-hmm. here's here's my fun conspiracy: is that I think that eventually there will actually be superheroes. But I think what needs to happen first is there needs to be super villains. 
And so we're actually in in the phase of what you would call the birth of the supervillains. So so is that where the Bezos and the Musks and Bezos, the, uh, Elon Musk is just a, a his name and his look and yeah, and then Jeff Bezos, he looks like Lex Luthor, you know. He looks like a supervillain. In, in my mind, you just don't have superheroes show up and then a villain shows up to fill the gap. To me, you have supervillains and then a superhero Super is born out exactly. Of that. Yes. And so this is, uh, I really think that this is. This is a formative time. Now we're gonna have to suffer a lot here through a lot of you know tyranny through you know um, uh, the ruling class and the and the financial ones. But eventually, what we'll have is we'll have some guy who'll be shooting laser beams and shit and take care of this. Well, you know? I, I, I'm honestly <laughs> really glad though that both of them are actually shooting for the moon and not for us. Oh yeah, there we go. Shit, they're shooting for Mars now. I mean, yeah. they're looking to colonize everything. Right. I mean, and they're looking. There's big bucks in the moon now. Is what they're saying. Yeah. Big, I know. Yeah, but, Which the moon is a great one too. I mean, we want to talk oh, about conspiracy right. theories. Right. Wow. Is there anybody up there right now? Did the Nazis get there in the 1940s? <laughs> the, the secret Nazi moon base. Se- it secret is on, Nazi moon. It is on the dark side of the moon. Jawohl. <laughs> 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 I know that's a great one. There's so many funny conspiracies around the moon. You know, first of all, here here's just the funniest thing is an old school funny one is people used to think it was made out of cheese, and that's a legit. made of cheese. That's a legit. That's a legit thing. Now we might think that's funny, but you know, uh, knowledge is limited, and you know. I just wondered how that came about. I mean, because to me, if you're eating cheese that looks like that, I, the, the, <laughs> what kind of cheese? I don't know. Looks like Maybe that? like a mozzarella is what I'm thinking. Like a, like a mozzarella, mozzarella that fell. Like in the Wheel. dirt and like <laughs> yeah. it's a little hey man it's aged aged mozzarella man it's yeah, a, it's a mozzarella they, they didn't always have the primo mozzarella we have now <laughs> to throw in the italian uh, we'll just do everything here we'll just do uh, everything here with a little accents. marinara and a little mozzarella <laughs> we'll just do cheesy accents we run out but yeah so the moon thing now here's here i'll run the the moon thing of course uh you know uh, i think it was 69 uh 68 maybe um, we land on the moon or that we create a mission, you know, there's a whole, or did the, we? the space race, I guess is the best way to start right, it is right. that we have this competition with, uh, the Soviet union to see who would su- be superior in space. We mm-hmm. thought that's the next frontier. Whoever gets there first is going to win type thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, uh, there was a race to send humans out. And so it starts with the animals, you know, and they sent like a dog Coco and then, the chip. you know, and they, they sent some of the, you know, yeah, monkeys, they sent some of the first, um, humans in, into orbit, you know, and they had Sputnik of course. Mm-hmm. And so what ends up happening is we, we push forward and, uh, we launch men, uh, to land and landing is, 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 that's the winner, chicken mm-hmm. dinner. You mm-hmm. gotta land it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you it can't just go around a couple of times and go home. And call it a day. Everybody's orbiting. You gotta now. put something. on All there. the kids are orbiting now. All you know? of them. <laughs> it's an old school. They're yawning. You know, no one. Oh, you spent thirty days. We spent hundred days. You spent hundred days. Oh yeah, we, we landed that a, bitch four we times. A, you we know sent a chick. You know, we're right. doing we're doing women now. We you did know? a chick on autopilot. <laughs> They're like, whoa, you did a chick. Like, man, we didn't even think of that. And so uh, First I know people took, have sex on the moon. You know, it took, still yet it took, to be determined. You know how or... long it took Americans? You know, it took us into the 70s to send a woman into space. And um, the Russians did it in the 50s, mm-hmm. if you can believe that. They did it when they did orbiting stuff mm-hmm. early on. So here's the thing is that um, uh, we come back, you know, the moon, the moon landing happens. Uh, one small step. Uh, they, they beam the footage down. It's a big thing. And, and we win. And um, after that, I think, you know, there was um, uh, some question, uh, I'm sure, you know, as far as, uh, 
you know, did it happen or politically, you know, and uh, one thing I think a lot of people when they're trying to claim that it did happen is they say, well, the Soviet Union would have wanted in every aspect to expose it. Mm -hmm. And so if there was any crack in that armor of it being faked, the Soviet Union would run with it. And this Mm -hmm. is a huge, you know, uh, country that has all the resources to find out. They can hear all the transmissions. I mean, they had had spies in the NASA system. Exactly. They They were were in, they they were just probably as as knowledgeable about our space system or as we were. They were stealing rocket information and aerospace information. Uh, for their own. Well, I mean, and plus, uh, you know, with the whole Project Paperclip, when they divided up the the uh, uh, Nazi oh, rocket yeah. scientists, yeah, you know, the, half of them went, the or part of them went to, to Russia, part of them went here. Exactly, and, exactly. And so, yeah, so the whole the whole thing with the, that is, and now, um, you know, you'd think that the Soviet Union want to break it apart, um, but it kind of just dies after that. I mean, we go back to the moon several times, you know, there's multiple right. Apollo missions. Um, it goes into the 70s. Um you know, we, we do some tests up there. We kind of just, it's kind of just uh, made to say, well, it's just a dead rock up here and there's just right. a bunch of dust and rocks. Well, it's and, like our goal was always just to get there. It's right. like we never really, it's like, it's almost like we got there and we're like, what is there to do? Okay. So why did we come what? here? When, I, when I'm like, you're on the fucking moon. Yeah. Like there is so much shit right. to do up there, you know? Well, and, there's some, there's some conspiracy, reverse conspiracy that the Soviet Union never really had the capability to get there, but they just pushed the Americans to try to ra- waste their re- resources at the time and waste money. Oh, that's money. an interesting, also they just, so they, they knew, so they kind of believed that it just couldn't. They knew it, it was a nothing possible. burger. They just yeah. knew the moon uh, to the Soviets. They were like, this is a one idea is that the Soviets thought it's a nothing burger, but we can mm-hmm. make them chase it. And then, you know, they'll just just waste their time and energy and Mm -hmm. we know that it's stupid to go after it or we'll float it out there be like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to the moon. And then Mm -hmm. the U.S. will be like, well, we're going to beat you there. And then they'll just waste their time doing it. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of a reverse thing. But um, for me, I think what's what's interesting is that out of all the other conspiracy theories out there, this one far and away has the most evidence. And I'm not saying evidence one way or the other other i'm just saying evidence mm-hmm. like i'm not saying there's a, a shitload of pictures that were taken up there there's yeah. pictures Video. there's there's physical uh, uh items you know there's right. suits there's uh um things right. that they all brought the back technology you know? all of the rockets i mean you know everything they recovered can be... bezos actually recovered one of them i don't know if you right. know that yeah, but he, he, he uh, did that uh what the was it uh, gus, gus grissom's uh capsule the mercury yep. capsule that he sank yep or they, they, I, I, that sunk under his well, the capsules Man, and actually the way. booster rockets. He went back and got booster rockets even that oh, they cool. dropped off because they would jettison those off, you know, right, the actual right. third stage rockets and things like that mm-hmm. that would get them into space itself. Um, and so, yeah, it's interesting, um, the whole concept behind it, because there's so much evidence and it's it's a double-edged sword, like I mentioned for some people, that amount of evidence would be, well, the, there's so much evidence, and so it's overwhelming, and just mm-hmm. how could you fake that much evidence? But then I actually think it the, the second edge of that is it allows people to really study it right. and look at the evidence. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but that's where a lot of at least what I've seen a lot of the debunking of the moon landing has been around is kind of the evidence of... Right. Well, what they do is they kind of cherry pick things from mm-hmm. like Apollo 11. That okay. Now, uh, granted, there are some kind of strange anomalies with the Apollo 11 stuff. But clearly, if you look at anything like Apollo 12 through 17, that, I mean, 
it's pretty much undeniable that we went to the moon. Right. I mean, it's very obvious with the amount, especially later on when they had the rover and they mm. were taking the pictures of the rover and the video camera on and, that. And they have the mirror too, and they use that. That the mirror. that now is a is the most definitive oh, thing. Oh right, the they, late the rangefinder. They yes. placed a mirror, and now they the, use what are they a, called a retro reflector? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they use a laser to shoot at it, and then they can time it to, mm-hmm. to figure out the distance. And um, you can do that at several different uh, observatories, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that for a lot of science people, that kind of is something at least concrete that you can do to communicate with some equipment on it. Now, of course, you right. can actually with telescopes see um, the 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 uh, footpaths. Yeah, uh, you can see the rover tracks. Mm-hmm. You can see things that have been left. The uh, you know? what is it? The 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 uh, lunar reconnaissance orbiter. Right. LRO satellite that's imaged the entire satellite. You okay, can see yeah. all the Apollo it fell stuff down on there. too. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff there uh, that it, it seems like for me it is just like it's an overwhelming uh, amount of evidence. But it's one of those things that okay, there's some reason maybe that they would have done it. You know, um, the classic thing is that it was of course faked uh, mm-hmm. by Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick exactly um, using either like uh, sound stages or the or they desert did it out in the Nevada yeah, desert, right? like some there combination is an actual of place out there where they did they training tested it all. Right? Where well, no, what they did was they made an exact replica using like oh. uh, it was either high explosives or it might have been nuclear. I don't know because there's some giant craters, but they like mirrored a section on the oh. moon where they were going to try and land on Earth by blowing it out and making the terrain the same. Huh. Yeah, it like so it could have been filmed at some place like that at night, you know. Yeah, or... that was always the idea, you know, and that they weren't like uh, um, a lot of it is like um, I hear a classic thing is where are the stars. That's a classic thing. There's right. no stars, and then people don't understand exposure they range. Don't under- they don't understand dynamic range of slide film, which yeah. is basically non-existent. Yeah. Well, and and even even the video too. I mean, you just don't have if it's bright. You know, you're gonna mm-hmm. expose for the brightest area because you 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 need to see the 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 men who are just shining bright. You know, right? And they, yeah, they're in white reflective suits. Yeah. So I mean, the, exactly. the aperture is very small. On yeah, and you're not going to be able to see out into space and see twinkling lights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, as well, they wouldn't even be twinkling because so, there wouldn't be an atmosphere. That's there, that's so, true. Yeah. Well, it's an expression, I guess, then more there than you, a, <laughs> you know. There you go. Um, but yeah, so there, there's a lot of confusion though. I think with um, and I would say that it's um, it's a classic thing where people um, and you you mentioned the internet and people having access to information. I think it's it's an interesting thing because back in the day when people had less access, they they might have felt like. Um, less empowered, and they might have been um, a little bit more the narrative controlled. But mm-hmm. at the same time, the acceptance of truth was a little bit more straightforward then. You know, it's just like, well, I believe right. this because this has been presented to me and everyone else believes it and mm-hmm. it's accepted knowledge. Now there's literally people who will just say, well, the um, we ha- did land on the moon and the earth is flat. And, you know, no critical thinking. They're, they're just, they'll look at a lot of uh, what's in front of them and just almost deny everything that's in front of them, which mm-hmm. is, a, you know, that even goes to like the idea of a simulation that we're not, you know, this isn't a reality. Right. That this is some video game or simulation like the Matrix is being played out, mm-hmm. you know. And that's that's its own kind of uh, thought 
provoking type of thing you know it's a, a true existentialist uh yeah, it's like one of those things crisis. where it's like you can't prove but like you know and uh but one concept that that i heard recently that that really kind of blew my mind was the fact of and they call them in npcs or non-player characters yes. you know when you're yeah, playing a video, video game, game yeah. right you have the npcs yeah well uh apparently they exist in real life and, and who i'm considering an npc is somebody who doesn't have an inner monologue like you know that voice in your head oh, yeah. like you talking to yourself kind thing. of talking yes. in your head like yes. apparently there are actually people that don't have that Mm, that's fascinating that that i that just kind of blows my mind a little bit and so i'm like i wonder if they're just kind of bots right right. you know that are controlled by the system or whatever you want to you know the matrix or however you want to look at you know to step back further yeah with the matrix and and that idea of inner inner monologue or inner voice is the idea of like a soul like where what's a soul Mm -hmm. what's um what does a soul mean uh you know consciousness the idea um, that, like you said, how, how do we talk to ourselves in our head and mm-hmm. how do we hear that? And then, you know, um, now, where does that come from? Is that like yeah. a process that you could see like an MRI kind of going around or whatever? It, you exactly. Know, because this little thing. I mean, we're literally without making sound, we're creating the sound of our voice. And without being able to hear that sound, we're hearing it. And so we're doing the entire process all within our head without involving our physical self at all. And I just realized something too, like and it, it, when you said, and it sounds like you, I was like, but I guess it kind of doesn't because how many times do you hear yourself on a video or on a podcast played back and you're like, oh man, I sound weird. I don't sound like that. You no, know, because I'm a hundred, doesn't match. I'm a hundred percent, but we can get into that. And that's a great thing about singing and, and about your voice is that it, it sounds like you because it doesn't sound like someone else. If that makes sense, okay. if that makes I any follow. sense, but yes, I agree that when, and that's the interesting, thing that that might be a physical connection to it is that when we hear ourselves from a recording going into our ear mm-hmm. that we're, we're um, interpreting it completely different than we hear that inner voice mm-hmm. and that's a classic thing where there's some people who just have no idea how bad they sing <laughs> those are the cringiest things what's even worse is those ones where you kind of like even when you play it back for them and you're like Oh, they They're still like, don't oh, that's hear it. Great. And it, you're just like, that's tone deaf is what oh, it is. That is tone exactly. deaf. Yeah. And that is, yeah. But there sure. is, it's one thing just not being able to hit a note. It's another thing not being, not being able to hear the note either that, Very you know, true. like you're, and when you're off, ooh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's sometimes subtle to hear if you've hit the note, but man, when you're way off, ooh, mm-hmm. you should be able to hear that. And it is, it is difficult though. Cause that is something that a lot of people think it's just, Oh yeah, you're born with it, but you do learn. That. It's very much yeah. It's 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 a, a, learned it's, a thing. it's a it's a it's a learned thing, and kind of where you were born at kind of determines how quickly you pick it up and how well you do with it. Kind of thing is kind of the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah, it's an yeah. approach to it too. But yeah, yeah, and it's something that that though that inner voice is really curious though because I mean um, I remember there's this great movie called uh, Johnny's Got His Gun, and uh, Metallica wrote the song One mm-hmm. about it, and um, in the video famously they show the movie. It's an old black and white, like 1950s movie about this uh, military guy and um, his soldier. He's been injured in, in war and he's in the military hospital um, in what they consider a state of coma. Like mm-hmm. he has no outside signs of, of life at all. Mm-hmm. And he's laying there, but internally he's completely conscious. And so oh, like the locked in, he syndrome can exactly, he can hear everything. He can feel everything. He can, um, I, he can't see anything cause he's mm-hmm. like, his eyes are closed, mm-hmm. but he can hear everything. He just, and he can talk to himself, but he can't 
communicate at all or move mm-hmm. at all. And so what ends up happening is over the period of them like standing there, you know, in time, they're like, oh, well, he's done for, and you know, we're going to have to, you know, uh, uh, you know, put him away and everything. And he'll, he'll never have a chance. Um, he's like screaming out, you know, he wants them to hear him and he can't figure out. And eventually what happens is, and they're doing uh, what happens horribly enough is they think, well, okay, well, before we do this, we're going to do all these tests on them. Right. Oh, like no. let's do tests, you know, right. and experiments. Well, what ends up happening is eventually he ends up, he can move. But all he can move are just his eyes, right? Mm-hmm. And he ends up that he can blink his eyes. And eventually they notice him blinking his eyes. And someone's like, he's blinking his eyes. Oh, my God, what's he? Uh, 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 what's that mean? What's that mean? And one of the guys says, it looks like it's Morse code, right? Mm. And so he's like, oh, he's like, Morse code? He's like, what's he saying? What's he saying? And the guy goes, he's just saying over and over and over again, kill me, kill me. Kill me, oh, kill so me. It's so dark, isn't it? That is so. Creepy. And so that's that whole, um, uh, you know, uh, one and the Metallica uh, has a. It's a great song. Um, uh, I think it's off a, a, a Justice for All, mm-hmm. and it uh, it has um, all this, you know, uh, darkness surrounding me type stuff, and it's super inspired from it. Um, but it's just really gets in your head that you know, what if you were in that situation where you know um, you you weren't able to communicate, but you were oh, there. Man. And they, there's been stories of this, and this was I think maybe they did be, a, ha- a really good house episode about it where house was oh, actually really? locked in. Same yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's creepy and, and that can happen. I mean, coma, a lot of people question, you know, are people aware when they're in a coma and how aware they are? And I've heard right. of things like that where people are aware, like they come out and they are, they're able to like tell on their like nurses and stuff that mm-hmm. they've done messed up things. And I wonder or, how many you know, of those cases too, where like they've done like a, a really good, like an EEG, like where they're measuring like the brain waves and like if the EEG says they were dead, but even when they come back, they're like, no, I was there. Right. So like that kind of tells you. Shit. especially when they can like recall and tell you stuff that like actually oh, happened yeah. in the room. So okay, like, okay, he was legit conscious. I mean, there's a lot that of, just means like it, it exists somewhere else, man. Exactly. And there's a lot of anecdotal uh, evidence of relatives speaking to loved ones who are in a coma and the relatives uh, uh, feeling like they know they're there or mm-hmm. having some sense of it and things. And so there is a connection, I think, because it's tough. You know, doctors just honestly, here's a problem with healthcare and stuff. Doctors just pop in and out. They don't have time. Right. They're, they're swamped, not to blame doctors, but the system. Right. They're, they're it's sw- not set up swamped. to really take care of somebody. Like nurses that. really do most of the care of yeah. a patient. And nurses are Absolutely. then treated like shit, yeah. you know? And it's really wrong, especially male nurses. Notice how I have to say male before I say male right. nurse. You right. know, it's not right. It's like you should be able to be a nurse whether whatever gender you are and be proud about it and because that's really helping people don't get me wrong doctors are important but man they breeze in breeze out they don't see them enough yeah, they, to know what's going they on they sign the prescription and the nurse does everything you know why they call it the waiting room because you because because you gotta have patience it's my dad joke yeah no it's it's a horrible thing whoever whoever has gone to a uh a, a doctor's appointment and them say uh, them say, well, you're, you're, you're 20 minutes late. You're past the window. But then what happens when you, when, when you get there is you, and you're on time is you wait in the waiting room, you know, then they bring you in, you wait in there, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like it access the to the second doc- waiting room. Yeah. Access is to the doctors. Like you, you, I, I'm serious. You'll have like an hour uh, appointment and you'll have like 15 minutes with a doctor, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really just like a whole, 
uh, show of like stalling. It feels yeah, like. Yeah, I know. My, my typical like doctor's appointment was like, oh, get there 15 minutes early. And the, even when I get there 15 minutes early, it would still be, let's like, say my appointment was at 2. I get there one forty-five. I wouldn't see the doctor till two thirty, typically. You know, right? At the oh earliest, yeah. You know, no, but then, you, like say. you were saying, you show up twenty minutes late. Like, what is that? I wouldn't have seen the doctor for another right. ten minutes exactly. anyway. Exactly. Just stick me in there. I'm fine. I'll write my way down on everything for you. I've, I've heard a trick. I mean, there's some value, of course, in being the first one appointment of the day because you're going to get seen first, and you know, there's no backup because right. what and happens is they get backup. Yeah, exactly. They're fresher. So, but here's here's a little trick I've learned: is if you want to get seen uh, quick and know that. You're in and out is you get the last appointment of the day because what that means is the doctor's not saying they're late <laughs> he doesn't right. want to, he wants to get out you know hit the golf course you know mm-hmm. he doesn't he don't have time for uh uh dilly dallying around at that point so Ain't nobody got time for e- that. even though there'll be often a lot of like backup you know from other ones by the time they get the end of the day they figured out how to like let's end this you know mm-hmm. and so um they're not going to stay there late for sure but um, but yeah, they yeah. normally have very good short game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Doctors are good, good at golf. They like golf, <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, as a speaker to bring over conspiracy theory though, I mean, there's a whole healthcare, uh, thing too. I mean, insurance, uh, companies, you know, I mean, that's not even conspiracy, just the overpricing and overcharging oh, yeah. of insurance. Oh, yeah. and, and the whole, and my thing too, is like, it should be connected to your job. I mean, there are other ways to do it that were like, you know, I'm sorry. You know, if you have some kind of like life threatening condition right. to where like losing your job and then therefore losing your insurance could mean your death. Yes. I mean, like That's losing right. a job sucks bad enough. Yeah, like exactly. you shouldn't have to lose all of that in the process. And well, here's the thing. The quality of your health care depends on the quality of your job. So, uh, you know, if you work at McDonald's, do you think that you get as good a health care as, as you do if you work at like, you know, Gold Bank of Sachs. America? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some. No, of course you don't. You know, yeah. uh, you know, you pay a fraction of what you do uh, when you work at a, at a bigger company. And when you're, uh, cons- you know, you get paid more and considered a more valuable, mm-hmm. less replaceable employee. Mm-hmm. Most of, here's the here's the real rub. McDonald's. Most of those guys aren't even full time employees. They have one full time employee. They have they have twenty part time employees, and then they don't have to pay any right, of and them health care. Like stagger them all out, you know, four and, hour and, shifts. And you could go back two hours later to McDonald's and not see any of the same people, people except right. for one person. Mm-hmm. And I've worked in in businesses like that. I worked at a Barnes and Noble when bookstores were a thing. And um, same way, I was the key holder, and there, I had to have 10 people on staff, and I, they, they almost had to have eight people for one day. You know, it was insane. And mm-hmm. it's just a bookstore, you know? Right. You're just putting away books and ringing right. out people. There's nothing to it. But it's, it's because they didn't want to pay anybody health care except mm-hmm. for one person. And that well, was I mean, their way of Well, of you remember money. that whole, the uh, what was it, the 30-hour-a-week cap? Like, if oh, you yeah. ever were, and so, like, people that are part-time is like, you know, you're screwed, know. you know? You got to get like, two part-time jobs. I feel, like, I feel like every single time there's some sort of law put in place that's meant to, like, okay, well, you know, this will benefit people that there's a back end to it that pretty much is like uh, the politicians telling the corporations, like, don't worry, it won't really benefit them, you know? Mm-hmm. It, we're just telling them that, and it seems like that on the front end, but you can see the back end, and you know that really you'll be able to screw them over with loopholes. So mm-hmm. you're good. And I feel like there's, there, you know, if you want to talk about conspiracy theory, is that I think uh, that's my conspiracy theory about politics, is I think that there's no uh, motivation for either side to move forward. That's a constant pendulum. Um, you, you're pretty much just delivered um, an illusion of choice of, of an A and a B 
which are meant to be black and white. Well, they say a giant douche or a turd sandwich. Pretty much, you know, it's like here's here's a super wealthy person, here's another super wealthy person. You know, we're okay with this. Like the only mm-hmm. choices you're going to be given are things that super wealthy people are okay well, with. Well, it sucks you know? because I mean, well, that's literally if you look at our system, that's what it's designed to produce or like just the way it's set up now, because I mean, how else can you get to a position to where everybody in the United States knows who you are? A hundred percent. You know, how are you going to pay for that much advertising? Now now, granted now, I would say that, that, uh, that hurdle, if you will, is less of a hurdle now more than it ever has because you have things like Twitter, you have things like the internet, you right. have, you know, but Facebook. still campaigning is wildly expensive. Right. There's no caps. There needs to be right. gigantic reforms on it. And, and we, there's still a lot of people that aren't on the internet too, we, that we, you would need a, we were talking about this earlier, you know, the government, um, uh, uh I hate how history, uh, has painted, uh, the U S government as they just had the most altruistic, just for the people, by the people and everything's going to be perfect. And, you know, this will be the perfect society and it was right. all broken before. And we're going to just one off this bad boy and write the perfect society up. And I just think that we're misleaded to think that those founding fathers weren't rich, influential people who, you know, were all pretty much of the same similar background and all right. had the same similar um, uh, ideals and mm-hmm. regardless of you want to, if you want to say politics, their main ideal was to enrich themselves and their families. Mm-hmm. And that if we want to say, well, oh, well, you know, we took down the ruling class, we, we got rid of kings, you know, we didn't want to have kings. Well, we just replaced it with just being, uh, you know, uh, we uh, replaced uh, it with corporations. Yeah, well, we did, and but we replaced it with rich businessmen and rich mm-hmm. politicians, and those those people now are the people who are, and and it's you know, power corrupts absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think it was Machiavelli who, who said it, where it was just you can't get away uh, with it, and that you know, there's whatever you know, the the ends justify the means, and w- what's happened is these people have set it up so that. Um, you know, their families, uh, the people who rule are going to be the ones who, who are powerful. And it's not, uh, it's not like I'm talking about socialism. I'm just talking about there's a concentration of it to a point that's, that really makes it corrupt and criminal the, uh, right, and it the, destabilizes the, the, the society in the long right, run. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, 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 there's an absurd, uh, certainly small, uh, amount of people in this country that control, uh, most of the wealth oh and mm-hmm. therefore you know most of the control the media everything right exactly. so it's, it's very much concentrated in the hands of a very small few people and i mean they can even have the best of intentions really but they don't have your intentions it's dangerous yeah it's like they're it's like you have one person that has control over so many people yep it's just not a good it, formula right and but at the, at the same time it's like we need to find a way to kind of there needs to be like i don't know if a medal or something like that you won capitalism like you <laughs> hit like i i don't want to say like uh, there's a cap but there ne- literally needs to be something to where like okay once you hit this amount of money and like here's here's the inherent problem is that we just have this attitude that a free economy, that free trade, free market, and that this idea of capitalism is just so good because as things build up, they'll just trickle down. It's that trickle down and that that 
people will, will, will benefit from all these people consolidating wealth. But what we found is they're not. They're just hoarding it. Yeah, is people what they that are. say that are just either blindly or or knowingly naive. It's gaslighting. People it's gaslighting. are greedy. Yes, it's naturally. gaslighting. Is what it is. Yeah. It's it might you can call that hopeful optimism or naive ignorant optimism, but that's gaslighting. I, I feel most of the narrative we're told. Think about this. Um, what, 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 what's a good, what's being a good monkey, a good monkey's going to work, working hard for right. your, for your company, you know, you know, spending long hours, you know, really showing your commitment. Mm -hmm. Then what happens? They'll dump you at the first chance they can, you know, mm -hmm. they have every right to, they'll do it. They'll get rid of you and they don't owe you anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they want you though, to give your life. They want you to give all your personal time. We spend most of our time other than maybe sleeping at work. work. Okay. Exactly. And yeah, sleeping's great. I, I love it, you know, and it's good that we have it because it lets you fucking forget about how horrible work is. <laughs> but <laughs> right. here's the thing. Nobody wants to uh, be trapped in uh, uh, any type of job where they feel um, underappreciated, undervalued, you know, and there's just, there, there's a lot of that and it's never going to work for everybody in a large society, but there's also this just fake illusion of rah, rah team, be a part of the company right. and mindlessly follow it, you know, and they just don't care. And they, they take advantage of, of and people. What really sucks is like, cause literally that whole time, all of them, all I'm thinking is like, you ain't paying me enough to be that enthusiastic because exactly. like a, a very good example of this is like, I worked for UPS, uh, let's just say within the last three, four years and I was making $10 an hour. Okay. Which, you know, not great, but not, but it's not minimum wage. Right. But, uh, then I realized, okay, my uncle, worked for UPS, pretty much the same facility in 1982. Oh. And he made, I think it was $17 an hour in 82. Wow. Which equaled out to be $36 an hour. Price adjusted just for inflation, so, not right, cost of living even. Right. So he was making the equi uh, the equivalent of like $2016, like 36 bucks an hour. To That's do just... It. And so it's like these jobs, like these... And, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but like these lower common denominator jobs that are normally kind of played lower have yeah, like entry level really yeah. bought yeah, entry level. Thank you. That's yeah. a much better way to put it. Have like the, the, the salaries have bottomed out to the point to where like the people that we're attracting to these jobs and the only people that you can really get are the lowest common denominator kind of people. And like, it, it, even if they're not, that kind of money is not going to motivate anybody to do anything. Well, here's the thing, and here's something I've hated, and I 100% agree with you. First of all, there's been no um, uh, cost of living uh, adjustments in pay, um, and we do make far less than we made ever before. They've just figured out a way to maximize profits is mm -hmm. to pay people less and to just, you know, or get do the part-time thing and do loopholes. Put everybody on salary, and they make them work 80 hours a week. But. To the, to the concept that you were uh, uh, talking about, um, I, I have some, some issue with the whole uh, idea that people put on that. Um, why, why, why do people work at uh, uh, crappy jobs? You know, people, people, should, people should better themselves. You know, they can do this. They can do that. They can get a loan. They can go to college. They can, just like we were talking about a little bit before. But there's this attitude that people should always want to and have to do it. Here's the problem. In right. society, we need people to do every type of job. Oh, absolutely. And if everybody um, doesn't want to do minimum wage jobs, we have an inherent problem because that's the very base. That's the entry level, you know, not to say 
low denominator per se, but to say no, that, absolutely, that, I, I wasn't a good way. To that's put the it. that's the foundation, if you will. That's actually mm. the majority of people work not salary jobs, but hourly jobs, right. and a lot of them don't make like trade level, you know, twenty thirty dollars an hour. And even the people who make twenty thirty dollars an hour, they don't often work like forty hour weeks, you mm. know. So that's misleading too, but. The whole idea that oh, if you're working at McDonald's, you you should you should either have a better attitude or you should try to better yourself. And it's like, listen, if everybody bettered themselves, we would have catastrophe because no one want to be a janitor, no mm -hmm. one want to be a trash uh, 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 man, no one want to work at any um, fast food or minimum wage or clerk or mm -hmm. shitty job where you get abused and you get more stress than what you're paid for, you mm -hmm. know. And, and you don't get benefits and you don't get time off and you don't get anything pretty much. And mm -hmm. it's like they expect everything from you and they don't want to give you anything. Yeah, throw on that smile and get that sense of urgency. Exactly. Mm. And, and you know, people should realize that it's good that we have people um, who honestly are okay with that. I mean, they might mm. not be super happy, but... It's a, it's a crappy society. I where, mean, sometimes you need to just get a second job because you need to get some money real quick for something because you want to buy something a little faster. So you're like, hey, I'm going to take the initiative and go down and just get a fucking part-time job at McDonald's and make a couple extra bucks a right. week, you know? Yeah. Hey. And and there's been famous people who've worked at McDonald's and people do, do move yeah, my through My mom it. worked at McDonald's. You know, it was their first job. There's people who've, who have careers, you know, at McDonald's, you know, um, of all different types. And so it's not to say, you know, and I'm not trying to use McDonald's specifically, but again, um, I, I just... And and I'm for, you know, uh, the, the working class and the worker because I feel like um, they've been taken advantage of by Absolutely. no raises, no price well, the minimum adjustment, wage hasn't no inflation. been raised in how many years? Like, they're, I think it's since I was in high school. They're trying to get it to 15, Jesus, and like they, they, treat it like, they, they treat it like 15 is socialism. Uh, $15 an hour is socialism to them. Like, and it's like barely making it, it shouldn't even – in most in most cities, the minimum wage is a joke because big cities are so expensive oh, to live yeah. in. And so it really has made um, a society in which there are a lot of the haves and have-nots. And, you know, there are a lot of people in the middle who they can borrow a lot, but they have kind of an illusion of wealth mm -hmm. where you'll see some people and think, wow, they've got it made. You know, they've got a, 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 a Hummer and they've got, you know, a boat and a jet ski and they've got. Um, right. But you they know, have outrageous debt. They have Everything lots of credit borrowed. cards, lots of debts, yeah. and they are borrowing. And while they have uh, a good income coming in. They're so negative because of what they're spending mm -hmm. that it, it creates a false illusion. So what ends up happening? The people who are in the lower class who, um, you know, are trying to fighting every day and, and crimping and, and scrimping every penny and wanting to make their dollars go further and, and working their, their butt off. They see these other people who are laying, you know, out, out on the lake in their boat and think, wow, these people have it made. But the funny thing is, is the people who are in the lower class actually have a more positive wealth. Like mm -hmm. if you look at their bank account, they'll have like five grand. Mm -hmm. And the other people literally are like paying, as they get money, they're paying down their, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt. Mm -hmm. And so, and there's been stories where like, uh, it happens a lot with husbands where they keep it from their wives and then the husband like kills himself. And oh, then shit. the wife finds out that it, they were like three hundred thousand. dollars How many wives have like that, that QVC addiction that they oh, got to try yeah. to hide from their husbands? And shit. that happens a lot. When too. I worked at UPS, you don't know how many old, little old ladies would come down because they'd have their ships sent ship, ship there. Yeah, and they would come down 
pick it up it. so their freaking husband wouldn't find well, it. Well, that that speaks of consumerism too. So we and this is what we should talk about is because it all cycles into itself. A society in which is built around capitalism and the idea that free market is good and selling things are good essentially ends up uh, saying, well, we need to create the atmosphere of people needing these things they don't need. Mm. And I've always create said that false demand. Exactly. And, and I've always said there's this innate thing in, in men and women where uh, men and women want to hunt and gather. And so when you go, you know, uh, to target, you know, men go uh, directly to a, a thing, they hunt mm. out the item directly and women go through each aisle kind of gathering the different uh, things that they need but it really does there is some innate kind of uh, sense of doing something that in a modern world you know we go and we sit and we we do things that don't result in actual things we type mm-hmm. on a board that then sends things out and and right that's it's like you pull the power and, and it's like none of it ever existed yeah. exactly and then and then but we don't really get our expression out then in that way you know i feel mm-hmm. like we we have some things are, are we want to express you know and that's why we even have gyms i mean we mindlessly go and pump iron and and run in place right. because uh we don't you know we're not an agricultural based society we don't have to you know build our uh, uh shelters and mm-hmm. you know ourselves and 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 forge for our food every day and and fight to exist yeah, it's weird it's like you can almost say like these people go to work you know at a cubicle pretty much all day and then they go to a gym to run in place like it, to me is kind of blows my mind because I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go sit in a cubicle all day, like I'm going to go walk in the park, man. Yeah. I need to get outside. Like well, I can't and sit in this, you know, it's like, the rat race. Hell exactly. Day, it's know? that rat race. I mean, yeah. you're literally like a hamster, man. You're like running on a wheel, you know, you're you got st- the corporate noose on stuck and... in your little, you know, uh, uh, box, you know, with, you got mm-hmm. your little, uh, sawdust or whatever that hamster shit is on the <laughs> floor that they got all the time. <laughs> It's uh, so that like when they piss, it soaks it up. Um, they got all that little, oh, yeah, like, the bedding, the hamster stuff, sawdust yeah. stuff. And so, you know, I feel like you're just, you accept that you just, okay, this is it. And that is a little bit of the matrix ideas that man, we just get so caught up in the rat race. We get so caught up and then you just feel like money. You have to have money to exist right. and you get, can't feed yourself. You, know, can't, you can't house yourself. No shelter, no right. clothing, no food, you know, I mean the basics even. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you can, you know, there are people who live off the grid, you know, you were talking about, or trying if you're to, fortunate enough to have, you know, a little bit of land or something, yeah. you know, you're talking about trying to, a lot of people homestead and you're, you're talking about trying to set yeah, up yourself a very little, similar, you know, becoming en- energy independent. Yeah. Getting, you know, off the, the, the electrical grid mm-hmm. and, you know, harvesting your own energy, you know, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, looking at it more towards the, you know, I don't, I just don't want to be relying on the grid. I don't necessarily, uh, it's not the green aspect necessarily. Right. I just like having free power. That's pretty much always going to be there as long as the system, you know, is functional and isn't broken in some way or destroyed in a hailstorm or something or whatever. It's POM, you know, it's, you got your peace of mind is what you want. You got to have that. Exactly. Because I'm somebody that I love air conditioning. Who (laughs) doesn't? If we live in North Carolina in the summer, it's pretty hot here. So if we ever had even a hurricane or something, you know, it knocks the power out for a week. I'm good. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. No, AC for me is like top three inventions of all time. All time, pretty much. Flushing I mean, toilet. That's another. Those are one. good things, you know. You know, indoor plumbing. 
Yeah, any type of running water is mm-hmm. good. And, yeah, but, and then uh, have like you know the the gas stove, so you know that way you've got heat. You yeah, know, if you yeah, need the heat, heat if it's the winter, you know, in an emergency, and those are those are the most important ones. You know, I mean, the wheel is a great thing, but and the refrigerator, you got to be able to keep things cold because if you, you can't keep things cold, together. all of your food spoils. You know, True. all your meat in your freezer if you have. You could do. I, I think they're they're kind of refrigeration and air conditioner are probably similar. Yeah, uh, you uh, can make one kind of dual work for the other yeah yeah macgyver it if you had to figure it out in the apocalypse so hopefully there won't be apocalypse but but yeah well thanks for listening uh to us uh this round guys so uh hang in there next week and we'll have a new uh podcast for you to listen to so this is wes with toke tunes and talk and this is joe thanks for hanging out guys